Welcome back. That's insane. That's insane. Locker Room Ladies Season 3. Let's get after it. Let's get after it. We have big things coming in 2023. My name's Maddie. My name's Charlotte Payne. This is Locker Room Ladies. Go Canes. Welcome back to Locker Room Ladies. Thank you so much for joining us on this fabulous September 21st. I'm Charlotte. 21st night of September, (gasps) Charlotte. Do you remember? Oh my goodness. Okay. Welcome back, everybody. It's the night that I'm going to Uber Eats ice cream. If you understand the vibe, then you know. If not, I'm going to try and let you know what it's like when you Uber Eats ice cream. So yeah, please let me know if it's frozen still when you get it. Yeah, we'll see. We'll see. Maddie, how are you? I'm doing well. Actually, I was pleasantly surprised this past weekend. I went to Boston for the first time ever. And I think I just grew up thinking that I wasn't going to like Boston as a city because of their sports teams, because I just was conditioned to hate the Patriots because they were in the AFC and they were so dominant that that was the team that was probably going to knock us out of the playoffs if we had any chance of getting anywhere as a Steelers fan. And I just was – I hated the Bruins too as a Penguins fan. And I don't know. I just kind of always hated Boston sports teams. So I just kind of – I don't know. Patriots were really my main reason for not liking the city of Boston in my head. But when I went there, I absolutely fell in love with it. And I honestly feel like I owe every Bostonian an apology for kind of being (laughs) like, ugh, when people said they were from Boston because I loved it. It was the greatest city that I've been to in a while. I really enjoyed really? it. I really? I really enjoyed it. It was like probably one of my favorite cities in the U.S. that I visited. I'm going to say one of because I feel like I've been to a lot of cities in the U.S. But Totally. It was, I had the whole package, if that makes sense. Okay. I disagree. <laughs> I loved it. Okay. To be fair, and I've heard this a lot, and everybody knows that I hate Boston, but – you went at a really good time of year, by the way. Like, this is, like, Everyone the best says time. that. I was only yeah. there for, like, such a short amount of time, too. I barely got to do anything. It was just a quick little look-see. But I just felt like it had kind of everything that you want in a good city. Okay. It's I really very, enjoyed like, it. It's cute. Like, I – It was so I clean just, and nice. I loved it. I – People yell at me and like get angry at me because of my disdain for the place. And they say, Charlotte, you haven't been there since you were little. Like I have not been to Boston in a really long time. So I think I probably should give it another chance because I was a little kid when I went there and I hated it so much. And I've just ran with that my whole life. And Same thing, right? Because the Red Sox, you kind of grow up and you're like, ugh, you you just kind of hate the city just because you hate the sports team. Yes. Yes. In your head. In my head. And then I went there. My brother went to school in Massachusetts. And we had to go up there a lot for – he played lacrosse. We'd always go to his games. And I always wanted to go to Boston. And I got to Boston. And I'm – I don't know how old I am. I'm young. Um, but I guess old enough to remember it. And I remember we parked the car. We got out. And I was like, this is it. This is the city. <laughs> but also, I'm very spoiled because New York City is my neighbor. So New York City, I mean, I believe it doesn't get better than that. So that's what I say. So maybe I should try it again. My friend Emily loves Boston. She says, like, what you say. My friend, she's our friend at this point. <laughs> she she says, like, what you say. Like, I would move to Boston. I'm like, yeah, Emily, please don't move to Boston. <laughs> I have Jake. I he lived in Boston for a while. It. So they love it. So 
no hate to black great town great town but... would recommend <laughs> i have to go back in the winter and, and see it see how i feel honestly in the September fall Boston was gorge in the fall when the leaves are like falling the drive up to massachusetts and new england is just so beautiful salem massachusetts at <gasps> halloween really time is so fun with all the witchy stuff mm-hmm. i'm into that so that's fun so anyway Maddie, we have well, a very, very special awkward lady that we have to introduce to Right. You. Not quite a Bostonian, but she is living in Tennessee right now. Miss Haley Roberts of the Tennessee Titans. She is their assistant sports performance coach. So we've been trying to highlight a lot of the women on the sidelines at NFL games this season. And before we get into all the details about Haley, Charlotte, I just wanted to throw out there that I've been seeing a lot more female officials this season and I have gotten so happy about it because it feels like it really wasn't that long ago when we were talking to Sarah Thomas about being the first woman to officiate a Super Bowl and I just love that there's more representation just a couple of years later already we're seeing more of that so just wanted to throw that out because I've been getting really excited seeing that from home. Maddie we need to start dedicating the next couple of weeks to highlighting those women that we're seeing out on the field who who we're seeing out on the field um in the official position but until then we have a very special one to introduce her name is Haley Roberts as you said she is living in Tennessee and she is the Tennessee Titans assistant sports performance coach so it's really exciting to see like we said more women out there Uh, in these leadership roles on these NFL teams. She is the second full-time female assistant coach uh, for the Titans, right behind Lori Locust, who we've highlighted in the past when she was with the Buccaneers heading to the Super Bowl as well. So that was very exciting. So we're very excited to talk about Haley Roberts here today. Yes, before her time with the Titans, she was a strength and conditioning graduate assistant at the University of North Alabama and the lead strength and conditioning intern at UNLV, University of Nevada, Las Vegas. And she was a virtual intern with the Clemson basketball team, which is interesting. I would love to learn more about that and what she did in that role. Me too. So it's it's nice to see these ladies being elevated to the positions that they deserve on these NFL teams. So I saw a tweet about it, and it was uh, – the person that tweeted, I think, was Sam Rappaport. And – and the hashtag that she used to talk about women in these positions was hashtag forward progress. And I loved that. I thought that was the perfect hashtag to talk about female representation in – and just representation in general in in football specifically because forward progress, I mean, that's just such – I loved that hashtag. I thought that was so I love that too. Perfect. I love that. And, and Maddie, just even thinking about when we started this – just a few Januarys ago and mm. and looking for all and I remember we had the world at our fingertips and all these ladies that we wanted to highlight so badly and we still like to this day there are even more and more and more and it keeps growing specifically in the NFL as we're talking about them here today so it's so exciting to see all the forward progress that is being made and Charlotte actually I think that that brings up another great point that there's more and more and more and every day there's more and there's so many women that we don't even know about yet that in two years three years five years are gonna be someone that we're talking about and I think of that because Coco Goff who just won the U.S. Open we talked about her being a believer a few weeks back she did 
pull off the big win and she won it all. And that was super special seeing her win it. She's only 19 years old. But something that made that even more special is after her win, a lot of articles are coming about coming out about her and just her journey and how she was inspired to play tennis by Serena Williams when she was younger. And there was a photo that surfaced of Coco Goff at, I think it was eight years old, at the U.S. Open in the Mm -hmm. stands as just little girl dancing, just so excited to be there and to watch these athletes on this huge stage. And then just 11 years later, she is the highest point that you can be in tennis winning the U.S. Open on that stage. So I just thought that it, it gives me chills just repeating it. And I've seen that a couple of times, but I just thought that was so special to think about in just 11 years. Obviously, that's a lifetime of work that she's put in so far, but it's possible to achieve those dreams. And And when she was eight, 11 years ago, how old were we? 14, 15. Like That's that, just yeah. crazy that that there's someone right now who's an eight-year-old that yeah. in 10 years could be the next Coco Goff or, or the next athlete like her or someone else. It's just, it's really cool to think about the fact that there are young girls that are watching other female athletes and, and watching these coaches on the sidelines yeah. at NFL games and thinking, hey, that's something that maybe I want to do someday. And someday they're going to do it. And that's just, that's just it, Maddie. And that's why we're so excited to be a part of it and be here talking about it. One day we can go back and listen to these and, and, and say, wow, we were talking about that. Like it didn't happen. Like, like we wanted these things. We longed for this representation and here it is. Look at how far we've come. So it's so exciting. Maddie, speaking of how far we've come, (laughs) let's talk for just a quick moment. We have to shout out the Miami Hurricanes uh, football team because- It's, it seems like just yesterday they were they could not figure it out. We we didn't know what the hell was going on on that team. They were down and out, and now they are three and zero to start the season. Charlotte twenty. This is big. I will say I love to talk about how great the Miami Hurricanes are doing. I love to see the momentum. I'm a believer. I believe that they have what it takes. I believe that they could be great and that they could go far this season. But we all know we've been burned before. I cannot, I don't want to get ahead of myself. I will not allow myself to get too hyped up until until the real deal is official and they are in the college football playoff. And I went to, the reason I was in Boston was because I was up uh, in Rhode Island for a wedding. Shout out Trevor and Aaron, congrats. Uh, and the amount of people that asked me this weekend, is the U back? And I, I couldn't say it. I was just like, I can't say the U is back because the last time I said it, I got burned by Kenny Pickett and the Pitt Panthers mm-hmm. in my hometown. And I just, I can't, I can't be that, I can't be in that place again. I can't get disappointed like that again. So I can't say they're back yet, but it is a fun ride so far watching them win. I am going to be going to a game here in a couple of weeks. So I'm hoping that they're still riding this victory wave and that I can see a good game, but it's, it's, I'm just enjoying the ride right now, Charlotte. Maddie, Miami, Florida state this year is going to be big. Florida state right now is ranked four. They are ranked four in the country. This is, I I mean, Mm -hmm. What a time to be a student at the, at these schools, like insane. 
So crazy. That'll be fun. That'll be fun. Maddie, you spoke of Kenny Pickett, and we we now mm-hmm. know he is your quarterback um, on the Pittsburgh Steelers, of course. So let's talk about Monday Night Football. I want to just cut to the chase here because I need to know your thoughts on this Steelers game. And it's interesting because let me set the scene. Last Monday, going into that crazy Jets-Bills game, that was like almost unprecedented what happened. It was a weird night, and I explained that last week on the podcast, and there was a rainbow. And this week, on Monday night, around the same time, it was weird weather all day here in the New York area, and there was a rainbow over New York City. And I was like, and my Jake Mendelson said to me, okay, who's going to get hurt today? Like, there's a rainbow. It looks really pretty. Something's going to happen. And something did happen, Maddie. No. Okay. Weird. All right. So, yeah. Let's get into it. So, the Steelers going into yesterday's game. We're recording this on Tuesday. This is Thursday. So, by now, this is the Monday night game. The Steelers were going into it. 0-1 off of a very brutal loss to the 49ers, as we talked about last week. The Browns were coming off of a big win against division rivals, cross-state rivals, the Bengals, with the highest-paid quarterback in the NFL. So it was, in my opinion, an absolute must-win for the Steelers. If you were going to – if we're going to have any chance of kind of building momentum this season, you had to win that game. Division rival – The Browns, a team that historically the Steelers have a pretty solid record against. And just it's it's one of those teams that you just love to hate growing up in Pittsburgh. Mm -hmm. You are conditioned. You hate the Browns. It doesn't matter. The Browns were never even really a threat in my lifetime. And I still grew, grew up just absolutely hating this team. So much. And just hating Cleveland. Just, just again, it's one of those cities. I'm just, yeah, I don't yeah, even yeah. think I've ever been to Cleveland. And I just, I, ugh. Just the thought of Cleveland. It's just, <laughs> ugh. I don't even, ugh. Can't even say it. Uh, but this was a big game for the Steelers and just for kind of the future of our franchise. I mean, that's really an aggressive statement. But it is. The, Kenny Pickett was drafted to be the Steelers franchise quarterback and to follow Big Ben, and that's big shoes to fill. That's a big legacy to follow. So that game started off hot in the first nine seconds. Yeah. Interception, Alex Highsmith, pick six into the end zone. Steelers have seven points on the board. Defensive touchdown, electric. It was such a weird game, too. And then the Browns. I think got a field goal on their next drive after that. And then there was just a whole lot of weird stuff that kept happening in that game. The first quarter felt like an entire half. It was so long and slow moving. I think the Steelers ended up sacking Deshaun Watson. There were so many sacks on both sides of the game. I don't even know the total number, but at one point and the game wasn't even over yet. The Steelers had sacked Deshaun Watson five times. It, it was just a wild, weird game. Big defensive battle, a classic AFC North matchup. I was listening to Pardon My Take a couple weeks ago when they had Pete Prisco on. And he was talking about how he thought that the Jags were a potential Super Bowl contender early on before the season had started. And the reason that he was saying it on, on Pardon My Take was because he said that 
the Jags, just based on the way that things were looking for them end of last season, the momentum that they had to build, but also because their division kind of was a good climate for a team to be able to do what they needed to do to win the division and then make the playoffs and then get, make it to the Super Bowl. And I thought it was an interesting take because it got me thinking. If you look at the Jags divisions, the AFC South, you got the Jags, the Colts, the Titans, the Texans. That seems like a very winnable division, not only, but on top of that being a really winnable division, think about that division and you're not really thinking about oh, that's a, that's a, such a gritty rivalry. That's a longstanding. Those right. fans hate each other. Yeah. They, they don't really have that. I would say the only team that I would maybe consider, oh, there's kind of a rivalry there in that division is Colts-Titans. That's the only one that I think yeah. you can kind of manufacture there's a rivalry there. And that's just because in the past five, ten years, those are the two teams that have really been vying for that division winning spot. But the Texans and the Jags have kind of just, yeah, they've been there. But, I mean, more like five years than ten years. But anyway, I thought that was an interesting take because when you look at the AFC North and you look at the Steelers, that is a gritty division. They All four of those teams absolutely hate each other's guts. And there's been arguments on to what the, the best rivalry in football is. My money's on Steelers-Ravens, personally. I still, as much as I hate the Browns, I think that Steelers-Ravens is one of the best rivalries in football. And I will debate people on that. I would love to hear what other people think the best rivalry in football in the NFL is. We should put that as a question on this episode because I want to get some feedback on that. We'll put that on our Instagram, too. But Hmm. the reason not only do the fans get so passionate and so into those games, but they're also just very physical matchups. If you look at those games, there's always players coming off of injuries afterwards. They are just beaten down. If you listen to former players talk about AFC North division games, it, they say it's just so brutal recovering from those games in the week after because they're so physical and they are so back and forth. And a lot of the time they're close. And that's what I love about being a fan of the AFC North is that you get those games yeah. six times a year. It's fun to watch. And that's as a exactly nerve wracking. Yeah. That's exactly what happened on Monday Night Maddie. And it, and it got, it was gritty and it, it almost feels like it's very raw emotion it's very deep and I mean I am an NFC girly of Giants and Eagles Giants and Cowboys yeah you got that too you know but it's it's a different feeling it's blue collar football I mean those are all kind of blue collar towns it's it's just really hardcore it's the fans it's I've also said this about Pittsburgh too it's one of those cities where on Sunday Everyone in that city is watching the Steelers, whether they're at home in front of their couch or they're at the game or they're just tailgating and they're watching it somewhere after. Everyone, it is not like being in Miami on Dolphins game day. People have other plans in Miami. Some people are maybe clear their schedules, but everyone in the city of Pittsburgh and most of those AFC North towns are, they are watching the game that day. They're busy. They're watching the game. Like I said, the games are usually close, at least when they're when they're good games, they're close, but a lot of the times they are. And it's usually winning margin is 
by within one possession. So last night, even at one point in the game, I was watching it with my boyfriend and the Steelers were down 22 to 19. And my boyfriend just said, I feel like the Steelers are winning. Like, it's just a weird game because you're playing so physical, but the scoreboard doesn't necessarily reflect what's going on on the field. But speaking of the physicality, unfortunately, I think it was the third quarter. I think so. uh, There was a play. The Browns were driving into the red zone, gave it to Nick Chubb as they should, and there was a collision between Nick Chubb and Micah Fitzpatrick for the Steelers. And it was not pretty. Nick Chubb suffered a brutal injury to his knee, the same knee that he has had previous injuries with. I think he's torn the MCL, ACL, a lot of issues with that particular knee back to when he was in college in 2015. I think he had a really rough injury that people weren't really sure he was going to be able to come back from. Obviously he did. He's one of the best running backs in the NFL today. Same knee got injured. And yeah, to set the scene, if you guys didn't watch it, the way that that happened, it was so fast. And then you could just yeah. see he and Minka Fitzpatrick were both on the ground. And you could hear Nick Chubb just screaming and yelping yeah. in pain. And uh, to the point where I got choked up because I was yeah. like, I, you never want to hear someone no. just – yell out in pain like that I it's it was it was hard to listen to hard to watch and then Maddie it was one of those plays that even on the broadcast they said we're not going to replay this we're not I was just going to say that yeah even ESPN Mm -hmm. said it's it's not to be seen we're not going to play the replay on this unfortunately they played it in the stadium so yes so it did go on the screens in the stadium and you could just hear the entire crowd, 70,000 fans in Pittsburgh, just (gasps) when they saw the replay. And it was just a resounding, the entire crowd. And that is, like, I just described how deep this rivalry runs. We hate the Browns. But you never want to root for an injury. And the fans understood that in that moment. And after a while, they carted him off the field. And there was chants in Pittsburgh chanting Nick Chubb. Because you never want to see that. I'm like getting choked up because it know, was very it difficult to watch. And I think everyone's kind of just takes little, pause with any yeah. injury, especially after what we saw happen to Jamar Hamlin last season. I think it kind of changed this, the right. way we've watched the game. It's because we know that it could change 100%. in a blink of an eye. And it's, it's it could never, be so serious. It's never fun to watch something like that. and And then – you know, what's kind of messed up about it, and I wanted your thoughts on this specifically, because, you know, you have these two players, and it's this insane, gruesome injury, and I couldn't even imagine. It really just makes my skin crawl. It makes me have the chills. Like, I I saw the play, and I Yeah, it's all over the internet. It's, uh, yeah. Unfortunately. You know, there's this conversation now, and it's kind of, I guess, a necessary conversation, and of course, everybody on Twitter and or X, whatever it's called now, I'm sure is um, a doctor or a referee, an official. Um, and people are saying that 
you know, you hear these people say, okay, why was he, why was Micah Fitzpatrick tackling him head on like that? And then you have other people saying, well, this is a power running back. He needs more than one person to tackle him. So I wonder, Maddie, what you think about the tackle specifically. I mean, this is, these are two people now who have serious injuries because of this. And, you know, it's nobody, I mean, I'm sure he, they didn't go into that football game saying, I'm going to, you know, I'm out for blood. Like we talk about this. No, this absolutely rivalry. not. Nobody wants this, but what are your thoughts on that tackle specifically? Absolutely not. And I think, like I said, the, the reaction by the fans in Pittsburgh, this is a team that most people in Pittsburgh hate more than anything else. Yeah. Any, the whole division, but this is, right. you hate the Browns. And I just think that reaction kind of sums it up that no one ever wants to see a player get injured like that. The fans, their teammates and their opponents, no one ever wants to see that because it's, it's a game. It's not about the, it's so much further than what they're thinking about. Like no one is right. thinking about how to hurt someone. Like no one on that field is. And Pat McAfee's show was talking about it earlier today too. That like, of course that's not his intention. Of course, Mika Fitzpatrick isn't thinking how can I hurt someone, but any defensive player, their job is to stop the offense. So the way that we do that, it's American football. This is not two-hand touch. This is not flag football. It's tackle football. And we could have the conversation on the dangers of tackle football and all the risks and all the injuries. But at the end of the day, this is what the sport is. This is what every single guy on that field signed up for. It wasn't malicious. It wasn't anything yeah. illegal. It wasn't anything out of the realm of what happens on any normal football game on any given Sunday or Monday. It was a routine hit. And the other thing that they were saying on the Pat McAfee show is these players are conditioned and taught to not hit high, to protect people's heads. So at, they're almost leaning towards let's go lower because we don't want to risk giving someone a concussion. And at a certain point, if you're going to tackle someone, th that's a risk that comes with it. And it's unfortunate and it's sad and it sucks that someone could potentially be out of a career because of a hit like that. But I also just – my heart goes out to Minka Fitzpatrick because I'm sure he's feeling some type of way and isn't feeling good about it. I mean, you know what I mean? Like you want to feel good about a win. Yeah, yeah. And I mean he totally. should feel good about a win. He played awesome. He played great. He did everything that he should do as a defenseman. He did everything you want to see. From well, Maddie, a defensive like, player. It's like the Jets. When they got that win, it's it's like I forget that they won that game on Monday. Yeah, it's just I'm sure happened. it taints it a little so, bit for him. Like yeah. I'm sure he's not in the locker room. Totally. He actually so he actually went to the hospital as well for uh, yeah, a separate yeah. injury for his chest. So he wasn't having a good night either. I think the the any hate towards Minka Fitzpatrick is just unwarranted because again it was just completely it's not like the play was totally over okay I'm actually it's not like Miles Garrett took his helmet off and hit him over the head with it like right. let's be real that's not what right. it was it was a completely normal football play during a play and it just sucks someone got hurt it's a physical game it's awful it's horrible but at the end of the day you can't be angry at a player for doing their job he gets paid to make tackles and it sucks right. that that one ended that way. And I'm sure he feels worse than anyone about it.
But at the end of the day, we just got to pray for Nick Chubb and hope that he gets better and he's able to recover and come back at some point if that's what he chooses to do because it's it's just tough on a fan base and obviously it's got to be tough on him personally so just hope for the best and you know the game is physical and you know these these division matchups are especially physical but you hate to see it end in a serious injury like that for anyone yeah it's prayers for Nick Chubb and you never you never want an injury Maddie and it's a, it's a harsh reality of the game that we're reminded of, like you said, after what happened on the field, Monday Night Football with DeMar Hamlin, our hearts stop when something when someone goes down. It And they always did, and, and more so in a way ever since that happened last January. So prayers to, to them. You kind of hold your breath for a second. You when you, you see do. everyone else kind of walking away and then you see that there's someone on the ground, you kind of you, – you can't even breathe for a second because you're just – you need to see that they're okay. You're stunned. Well, Maddie, um, let's flip the script a little bit and let's chat about a happy thing that happened on Sunday night in the NFL. The Giants won. We're very excited. Are we? Because I'm actually, I don't know if I'm so excited about that win. And I know a lot of Giants fans are very thrilled that the Giants got their win and they came back and they're victorious. But Actually, I have a bone to pick with the New York Giants because Yeah, I would love your reaction because I was on an airplane for this and they did not have live TV, so we were just refreshing the score. Um, and I was sitting next to my boyfriend who's a Giants fan who was literally obsessively refreshing it, just reading the box score <laughs> okay. for the entire flight. And I could not believe it because the way it was looking when he was refreshing it for the first half of that game, I was like, This is not gonna be a fun car ride home because he no. is gonna be upset. Maddie, I was when they came back and were talking, oh, this is the first comeback in Giants history in this scale and however I don't care. They shouldn't they sh- it they should have been playing like they did in that fourth quarter in that second half the entire game. It's this is the Arizona Cardinals. This is an 0 and two team. We'll get into our 0 and two teams. But they should have it should have never been the platform for them to have this comeback victory it should have been just a victory. So, I think I'm disappointed in the win and I said right after it happened that I'm, maybe I'm a disgruntled New York sports fan, but I, a win is a win, but I didn't think that was a very good win. I was a little upset to see the, the way that happened. And Kayvon uh, Thibodeau was uh, on the bench, at, you know, after everyone was celebrating and he didn't look very excited. He didn't look very happy. And I don't know, something seems a little bit off in the water there. And of course, Saquon got that injury that's going to sideline him for three games or so. So it was just, it, that was another weird game. There was a lot of weird injuries throughout week two. And I don't know. I'm happy they won. I'm excited they're not 0-2. But let's see how they do next week. Yeah, I mean, the Giants today, announced. They're playing today. In the first. On Thursday. Yeah, on, on Locker Ladies Thursday. Yeah. On the first on the first six quarters of the Giants season, they were outscored 60 to zero, which was yep. a crazy stat to think about. And the fact that they did come away with a win after starting like that is wild and impressive and you gotta you gotta respect the hustle and the fact that they were able to claw their way back and get the win but yeah it definitely opens some questions about kind of where they the team is headed but at the end of the day you just gotta take the win and yeah I'll know that the, the 49ers I are I can say this because the Steelers already played them and it wasn't pretty it would suck to go into that game 0-2 because it would be like yeah. coming out of that game 0-3 pretty much. It's a pretty yeah. safe bet. Oh, totally. Maddie, let's talk about 
0-2 teams and 2-0 teams because heading into week three here, I have an interesting – actually, I kind of want to talk about 2-0 teams first because I have one specific quarterback I want to talk about, and that is Sam Howell of the Washington Commanders. I think I picked him up in the in fantasy, I think. I can't remember if he's sitting – I don't think he's actually sitting on my bench, but I almost took him and I wanted to. I believed in this guy from the beginning. I love him. I loved his performance in UNC, at UNC when he was in college. I watched him play, and it was – I remember was, you saying that. I love Sam Howell, and I don't think that the Washington Commanders are a playoff team, but they're on Ooh. fire right now. This kid's on top of the world. He's this is the first time that a that a quarterback has a, a rookie quarterback has gone three and zero with the Commanders since like God knows how long. Uh, I really like this kid Sam Howell, and I think he's doing amazing things. He's having the time of his life, and. Maddie, you were flying during this, but they were playing the Broncos, and of course they won, but there was a very questionable call at the end. Russell Wilson with the most fantastic Hail Mary, 50-yard pass, just just chucking it for dear life. Uh, and, and it's a touchdown. The Hail Mary was completed in the end zone. Let's go for the two-point conversion to tie this thing up with a second left in regulation. We're in the We're in the broadcast center, and we're like, Please, dear God, end in regulation so we can all go home. <laughs> but the fan in me is like, I would like to see this overtime happen right now. But unfortunately for the Denver Broncos and Russell Wilson, it did not happen. And a lot of fans are very critical on Twitter. As we say, we have these referees and these doctors on Twitter. Um, they're very critical and they're calling that two-point conversion pass interference. And when I watched it originally, when I watched it happen, I was like, that's pass interference like 100 i thought they were going to call it and i was so happy that they didn't because we got to go home and enjoy the rest of our sunday nights but um i don't know maddie i think you're gonna have to if you're listening you're gonna have to just go watch the play and let me know what you think because i think that was pass interference and they kind of got snubbed there it looks like it to me but again i didn't watch the whole game and i didn't watch it in real time so i don't know what other kind of things they were or weren't calling because it's one of those things where if they weren't calling it all game, it'd be kind of crazy to call it right there. Right. That's the whole Super Bowl controversy. But also if they – I think – I feel like sometimes we see some of these officials do the whole, like, maybe they missed a call earlier in the game. They try to kind of, like, even it out. I've seen that I, as a fan, in my opinion. But it, it definitely would be a tough loss to be a Broncos fan and lose on that just final play in that way. Totally agree. Maddie, let's talk about a couple – since we're on the topic of 2-0, let's talk about a couple more 2-0 teams. All right, have, let's just go – you want to just go through rapid fire, which ones yes. are the real deal and which ones yeah. are kind of a fluke? Amazing. Let's do it because the Miami Dolphins are number one on my list, Maddie, and they're a 2-0 team, and they're going to the playoffs. They were on my short list for Super Bowl this year, and I said if they can beat Patrick Mahomes and the Kansas City Chiefs, they will be in the Super Bowl so I really like it. I was a little yeah. bit of their offensive line, but I, I think this 0-2 team or 2-0 team is the real deal on the Miami Dolphins. Yeah, I think the Dolphins will make the playoffs. That they're looking like a solid 2-0 team. They've definitely been in some kind of back and forth, which they looked they looked really solid against the Patriots, but against that Chargers matchup in week one in week one, it was definitely one of those games totally. where you weren't sure who was gonna win till the very end. But I do think that the Dolphins will make the playoffs. Next up, we have the Ravens. I also think the Ravens will make the playoffs. 
especially so, yeah. the way that the rest of the AFC North is looking at this point. It does seem like the Ravens have a pretty nice chance if they keep it up to win the division. Yes, I agree. Cowboys. Okay, that's an interesting one, Maddie. And I'm interested to know what you have to say about that because we always thought for the last few years at least – the AFC is where it's at. And the NFC is so dominant and they're very top heavy. It's, it's the Eagles and the 49ers and the Cowboys were kind of phonies in my opinion as a Giants fan, maybe, but I don't know. The Cowboys look really good. I'm a little afraid of them. <laughs> they do like- look really good. And I am a little afraid of them also, but never forget how Dak Prescott just completely forgets how to be a quarterback as soon as they reach the postseason. So I also do feel like the Cowboys tend to fall off later in the season. I feel like they are starting off hot and they're having these. Totally. Yeah. I don't know. I I think they'll make the playoffs, but I definitely think they're going to get knocked out in the playoffs. I don't think they're going to be the NFC champs or anything. I think they'll be in the playoffs just because, like I said, the the NFC is just so – lopsided mm-hmm. but I don't think they're gonna go very far I agree with you yeah I mean that whole division is weird because you're looking at three out of four teams are two and oh right now right uh so it only one of them can win the division and the other two have got to get in on a wild card but I think that mm-hmm. last year the NFC East also had three teams in the playoffs yeah. and I think it was Cowboys Eagles Giants right now we have Cowboys Eagles Washington and you said you don't think they're going to make the playoffs? I don't think Washington is. I don't think the. I think maybe the Cowboys will, but I don't think they're going to win in the playoffs. Okay. Yeah, I don't I think, think – I, I actually like that take that I, I think Washington is going to get close but just miss it. I think Eagles – I think Washington's going to fall down starting once they yeah. start to play tougher teams like week five, six, seven. Like, I don't I, – I think this is – I could see that. Sam Howell's having the time of his life. He should relish this and enjoy this right now because I don't Yeah, think I think that they have a potential to be really good in the next year or two. But I think that this year is is kind of one of those bridging that gap, new ownership, yeah. new quarterback, yep. figuring it out kind of yeah. year. Eagles, yeah, I mean, they're the Eagles I mean, that we all expected them to be at this yeah. point. I almost, Maddie, and I know you have this bet going, but I almost want them to just win the Super Bowl so they get it out of their systems and then everybody can leave us, like we, all the Eagles fans can just leave me alone. I just, <laughs> I just want them to, you know, have just one, or, you know, just get it over with. Just Respectfully, I disagree, but we'll <laughs> see what I happens. Hope it doesn't happen, but. Speaking of the other birds, the Falcons, mm-hmm. this is insane that they're 2-0. Yeah. The, I do not think that's a good team. I don't know what's going on there, and – it, that's actually the the thing that's insane is that it's not even insane that the NFC East has three two and O teams. That's expected because that's such a dominant division right now. But the fact that the NFC South has three undefeated teams is pretty wild because I don't think anyone saw that coming. Yeah, yeah, the Falcons are not going to make the playoffs. No, no, they're not even going to win their not. division. You know who else isn't going to make? They're not going to make the playoffs. The Saints, they're not making the playoffs. I'm sorry. Ooh, but that's your bandwagon quarterback. Oh, it is. Oh, my God. <gasps> I just contradicted myself. Oh, you know what? That sucks for me because I really, really liked – I liked Derek Carr heading into the I think you liked season. the idea of Derek Carr. I think I liked the idea of him because I don't know if this team has what it takes. He struggles as yeah, a quarterback. I mean, he uh, really struggled And the their games day. have been so close. 
Yeah. So far, I, I just, I don't think that they have enough in them. But the weird thing is, I also don't know about the Bucks because I wasn't, ex- mm-hmm. the thing about this division is it's tough to say who's definitely going to make the playoffs because if these teams were in any other division, I would say they definitely shouldn't make it. But because their division, last year we almost had right. teams below 500 that were making the, the playoffs in the NFC South right. because right. it was so bad. Right. So it's kind of like you just have to be the best of the bunch, the best worst team. So yeah. okay, I actually know. could see the Saints or the Bucks duking it I, out for I the playoffs. See, I would I would take the Saints over the Bucks. Interesting. That, you think Baker's going to fall off? I do. I think much like Sam Howell, he will have his 15 minutes or okay. 5 weeks. The 49ers okay. though. The 49ers, I think I'm scared of them a little bit more than the Cowboys. Um, oh yeah, scares for me sure. The Eagles, but the 49ers Oh my God, like we've talked about this so many times. You could plug and play any quarterback in there and they are so stacked. They are so deep, so solid, and just so dominant. Like they don't lose. If they're they always, stay healthy, they're winning a Super Bowl. They're winning. They're always in the conversation. They're Every single year we talk about them in context of- Right now, if are. the NFC Championship was Eagles-Niners, Niners would win. I like that take. I don't know. That's a tough one, though. And that's actually what I could see being the NFC Championship is Eagles-Niners. All right, Maddie, let's talk about – Unless they somehow matched up before that, you know. But that would be the real NFC Championship. We got to talk about these teams who are down and out right now. We have a good couple of teams on this list. Let's talk about who we think will make the playoffs from this list. These are two teams. Okay, so we got Bengals, Pats, Texans, Panthers, Cardinals, Broncos, Bears, Chargers, Vikings. Okay. Who's making the playoffs? Bengals. Everyone is freaking out about the fact that the Bengals are 0-2 and forgetting that the Bengals also started last season 0-2. Yep. So it is not time to hit the panic button yet. It does seem – it is a little comical that Joe Burrow became the highest-paid quarterback in the NFL and now just feels like he is no longer Joe Burrow. But mm-hmm. I think it's an overreaction. I think that they're going to find their rhythm and they're going to be fine. Okay. I – I think I have to agree with that fundamentally because it's the Bengals. They have their franchise guy. They have their team. They're gonna They'll be fine. fine. They're, They're going to be, be fine. fine. The Patriots, though, I don't think it's their year. They're not making the playoffs. It's just Mm-mm. not happening for the Patriots this year. The Texans, not happening. The Panthers, not happening. <laughs> yeah, no, all of those, those first Patriots, Texans, Panthers, yeah, I think all of them are kind of just – Cardinals. It makes sense that they're 0 2. I'm not surprised. I'm not shocked. It's, I mean, the Patriots, it is a little weird just in general that that sentence that the Patriots are 0 2. It's a weird Maddie. thing to think about. But these are not the Patriots that we've been conditioned to know and love or love to hate over the past decade. Can I tell you something that might blow your mind? The last time that the Patriots, though, went 0 2. Do you know when that time might have been? This is a fun fact. Oh, my God. Was it, like, something that then they ended up winning the Super Bowl with Tom Brady kind of fact? Yeah. That's it. <laughs> it was, they were over to 2001. Tom Brady oh, was no just a way. young buck. And a young buck. That was no pun intended there. He was just a young little guy out of Michigan. And they ended up going no on way. to beat the Rams 20-17 to in the Super Bowl that year. 
Wow. Okay. I can say confidently right now that we are not going to have a repeat of 0-2 to Super Bowl Patriots this season. No. That's crazy, though. Yeah, pretty crazy. And the last time, I mean, we know they're matching up with the Jets this weekend, and we know that they really – they're so dominant against the Jets. I think that they will beat the Jets. The last time that the Jets beat the New England Patriots was in 2015, which actually is kind of a long time ago. Yeah. Uh, That's the year I graduated high school. That is weird. It's um, weird. Yeah. So anyway, I don't know though. I just feel like that that's kind of up in the air. That's like that game is gonna be weird because both teams are kind of not what they're used to being. Right. The Jets somehow still managed to win that game without Aaron Rodgers, the first first game of the season. Mm-hmm. So weird. I don't know. It's just all around weird. It, it is weird. Um, the Bears, Broncos, what do you think? Bears, Broncos, Chargers, Vikings. Okay. Broncos, Bears, absolutely not making the playoffs. Nope. Cardinals, absolutely not making the playoffs. Yeah. Oh, no. We've, I totally forgot. Chargers, to <laughs> Vikings. Um, okay, so my gut wants to say the Chargers should make the playoffs, but I – yeah, the Chargers should make the playoffs because, okay, yes, that they have the Chiefs, but the Chargers are a really weird 0-2 team because they've put up so many points in the first two games. Right. In most of their matchups, they scored enough points to win, but it's just kind of been weird in the situation that their offense has looked good. Justin Herbert has not looked bad. People are saying, oh, Joe Burrow, Justin Herbert, like it's not like Justin Herbert is looking like a bad quarterback. It's just their defense is kind of letting them down. So as long as they don't get too down and out and and kind of fall into this, oh, we're 0-2 or we haven't won a game yet, as long as they snap out of it, I think yeah. that they're going to be fine and they can easily get in on a wild card because you know the Chiefs are going to win that division. Totally. And then, yeah, I agree with that. I agree with that take. The Vikings. And then the Vikings – Quarterback got me all excited about Midwestern dad Kirk Cousins mm-hmm. getting after it this season, but we're not seeing that so far from the Vikings. So let me think about it for a second. That division is Packers, Lions, Vikings, Bears. Okay. I maybe. think it's the Lions <laughs> that are going to win that division. So Ooh, I, I think the Vikings will win that division. Really? Okay, interesting. Interesting. Yeah, all right. I do. All right. all right. So anyway, so I guess well, that's we'll see answer. what happens next week. Next week, let's check in and see which teams, let's do it. If any, are three and zero, and which are zero and three. Well, yeah. Who's resume going this conversation? Thank you so much for joining us on another fabulous episode of Locker Room Ladies. We will catch you right back here at the same time next week.